0: All right, we are in our final week and week four of our Great Expectations series. And I love what God is doing and how God is speaking to us as a church because he wants us to walk in great expectations. Um, we, We love this verse here in Ephesians chapter three, verse 20 and 21. This is our theme verse that we've been talking about. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power, that is at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. So, how do we walk with the faith with great expectations? What well, we learned in week one is we walk in a faith that amazes, like the centurion who had a servant who was sick. And the centurion says, I believe in your authority, Jesus. And I believe, I'm not even a Jew, I'm a Gentile, but I believe in your authority. And so, I believe that you can just say the word, and my servant will be healed. And that amazed Jesus, that the centurion would have that much faith in the authority of Jesus, but he also approached it with humility. Hey, you know, Jesus, I don't deserve to have you come under my roof, but just say the word. So we're going to be a church that walks with a faith that amazes God. We're gonna be a church that walks and says, God, we believe. You say it, we believe it. You say it, we believe it. But we're gonna walk in humility as uh, not deserving of anything. We another way we can have great expectations is that we have a faith that surprises. Like the woman who was who was bleeding for 12 years. And this, this woman just reached out in faith, just touched the, the outer clothes of Jesus. And so even surprised Jesus as he turned around and he and he was like, Who touched me? I felt power come for me. Who touched me? And so this uh, this woman did not let anyone stand in the way. She pushed people out of the way. She was aggressive. And then she also announced her faith because Jesus said, "Who touched me?" And so this woman finally stood up and said, "You know, Jesus, it was I." And so Jesus said, "You're healed." And so as we walk in this journey of great expectations, we want to be a church that surprises God with our faith. In other words, we want to be a church that is, we do not let anyone stand in the way. No enemy is gonna stand in the way to, to what we've believed that God is telling us. Because church, God has already been speaking to us about this future property. And if you're sitting here and you're thinking, well, what does that do with me and my life? You know, you could have areas in your life that just like this woman that's, that's just bleeding, that's hemorrhaging. And so how can you stop that? You know, maybe it's a marriage, maybe it's finances, maybe it's other relationships, maybe it's your kids you're trying to raise. Whatever that looks like, what can we do to have a faith that amazes God and surprises God? Well, we can look at those stories of the centurion and the woman who is bleeding. Last week, we talked about a faith that delivers. I love the story about four men who brought the paralyzed man uh, to Jesus. You know, what they did is, is they, uh, they confirmed the need. There was a need there. And then they, con- they uh, contributed to the solution. They all work together. It's kind of like what we're doing as a church. We're all contributing, working together for this. And what is the need? There are thousands of people all around us. Within a 10-mile radius, there are thousands of people who don't know Jesus. There are people who can walk here that don't know Jesus that is a problem that is in need, and we're going to contribute together, and we're going to put a church right in the heart of this city, and right next to one of the world's most amazing sports destinations, Lake Point Sports, as it continues to grow, as they build the bridge to the North Campus, and as, and as God does amazing things and brings people around the world to our back door. So we're going to be that church that contributes to the solution. And then just like the men, they cut through the resistance. There was a, there was a resistance to get that paralyzed man to Jesus. It, it was people, okay, there were people in the way. It's like, okay, that's not gonna stop us. Then they climbed to the roof and it's like, okay, there's a roof here, that's not gonna stop us. And we're gonna go right through the roof. We're gonna pull that up. And so we're going to cut through any kind of resistance that may come our way, why? because God has called us to do this. We're going to collectively help this need that we have in our community. And so our faith is lifeless and and paralyzing without action. Our, Our faith is lifeless and paralyzing without action. You can believe in something, but if we don't put feet to that belief, then it's paralyzed just like that man. And so you have to do something about it. So church, Lake Point Church, we are doing something about it with God's strength and God's help. And so today today on this final message, and you're going to find out I'm so excited about today's message. I'm so excited about the message that God has given to me because it's been sitting in my heart for several weeks. In fact, this is a message that I wanted to preach first, but God's like, nope, Wait, wait till the final message. And so I've been waiting, anticipating what God's going to do. And so today's message is, is entitled "A Faith That Fights," a faith that fights, not only does something, but does something in in, in a way that tackles the enemy, and gets rid of the enemy. You know, as, uh, as we lead this up, we've got the story of Moses down. Here. He t- took the, uh, the children of Israel, the nation of Israel, out of Egypt by God's power, led them across the, uh, the Red Sea on dry land, and then... Um, They spent some time in the wilderness Because of disobedience And then Joshua led them uh, across the Jordan River Into the promised land And then they settled among different areas And the land, and the promised land The same land that, remember in our Abraham series That Abraham walked and God showed him the land It's the same land And so as they settled into that area They were realizing that the neighbors around them The other nations around them Were starting to come in and take over their crops, and like uh, take their crops and, uh, and all of their supplies and even some of their livestock, almost to the point to where the, the, uh, the nation of Israel, they were hiding in the mountains and in caves away from uh, the enemy, as the enemy was coming in to their land. And so they cried out to God for help, God help us, help us. And so what God does, he sends a messenger he sends a messenger, to a messenger to a man named Gideon. Now, Gideon was just an average guy. He was an average guy like you and me. And so this this, uh, this Gideon character, he was a farmer, and so um, he was out in a wine press in in this uh, this room in this in this uh, this structure. Uh, where they uh, squish out the grapes and the wine runs and, and they collect that. He was hiding in there threshing wheat. And so it, if you ever threshed wheat before, you probably haven't. I, I did some YouTube video looking of threshing wheat. It's pretty amazing. There, there, are, there are videos you can watch in India and other countries where they take the wheat and they, uh, and they uh, spread it out and they just whip that and crush it and, and they separate uh, the grain from the stalk. And then they, they take it and they kind of throw it up a little bit because along with the wheat, there is also what is called chaff. And so that's just a little thin layer of skin. So they throw it up because the wind takes that chaff, that chaff and separates it, the good, of the bad from the good. And so, but, but Gideon was not in the open. He was hiding from who? From the other nations who were coming in. And so that's where we find Gideon, just an average Guy hiding from the enemy, and he's a farmer, and he's threshing wheat. And so that's where we find this passage in Judges chapter 6, verse 12 through 16. It says this, when the angel of the Lord, so there's our messenger, when the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Okay, I remember, he's just a farmer. So the angel's calling him a warrior. I mean, he's probably thinking, okay, you got the wrong guy. It's cool to see an angel, but you got the wrong guy. Pardon me, my Lord, getting replied. But if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all his wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of Midian, the Midianites, one of the neighboring nations. Verse 14, the Lord turned to him and said, go in the strength you have and save Israel out of the Midian, uh, Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? Pardon me, my Lord, getting replied, "But how can I save Israel? My clan, my people group is the weakest in Manasseh, in that area, and I am the least in my family. I'm the weakest in my family. I, I don't, I'm not that much. I don't own that much, I don't, I'm, not a, I'm not a strong man. I'm the weakest, I'm the least in my family. The Lord answered, I will be with you and you will strike down all the Midianites, leaving none alive. So let's pause and just apply some of these things that we find in the story. Number one, the first thing I wanna point out is that Gideon was least likely to lead an army of fighters. He was just a farmer but God saw something different. Y'all, that is huge, and I want you to keep that. God saw something different because he called him a mighty warrior. Lake Point Church, is—we're we're one of the youngest, if not the youngest church in Bartow County. We started five years ago. And so with that, we are the least likely church to purchase 20 acres and eventually build something. There are other churches who've who've been around longer and who have more established churches. We are the least likely. We are the the, 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 sort of the weakest in in our clan, just like Gideon said. You know, I am the least in my family. We are the youngest, or if not one of the youngest churches in Bartow County. We are the least likely. But... God sees something different, just like Gideon. He sees something different in us. Now, understand this, church. This is not Frank Bennett, uh, the pastor of Lake Point Church talking. These are, these are, we, have, we have God-spoken truths, and God has confirmed these things about that we need to go to this particular property, and we need to eventually build. That's God's timing. We have no idea. What, what God's timing is. But we do know this, we've gotta be faithful and we have to be obedient as a church. But isn't it good to know that God, God sees something different in Lake Point Church. God believes in our mission, in our vision. You know, you may feel like, let's bring it home to you, you may feel like the least likely to move, you know, to move beyond some areas in your life that are that are causing fear. is it, it, Just like the the neighboring nations around Israel, they were coming in and invading their property and causing fear among the people. Maybe there's things in your life where the enemy is coming into your mind and your heart and causing fear. Maybe fear in the areas of of maybe parenting or managing a budget or balancing work and home and, and there's enemy coming in and he's disrupting things. He's disrupting things that you know could be better. And so you walk in in fear and confusion and frustration, just like the nation of Israel was. But God believes in you, and God believes that you, just like Gideon, God believes something different than you believe. He believes that you can go through it through his power. He's calling you out, church, mighty warrior. He's calling you a wise parent, a frugal spender, and a loving spouse. It's time to get up and fight, just like Gideon, a faith that fights. The angel told Gideon to go in the strength that you have. Y'all, this is huge. To go in the strength that you have, because it says that uh, whatever uh, abilities Gideon holds will be enough. <coughs> whatever Gideon can do, it is enough. God is with him. God just wanted Gideon to have faith that fights using the strength that he has. Nothing more, nothing less. Y'all, this same message that I believe God is sharing with us as a church, just like Gideon. He's telling our church, look, you need to do this with the strength that you have. Nothing more, nothing less. I know this journey that God has called us to walk towards our future location. Y'all, it's, it's scary. It's exciting, yes, but, it, but it's scary. But like Gideon, I believe God is telling us to go in the strength that we have, nothing more, nothing less. We will each carry different loads. God wants us to do our part and trust in him with what he's gonna do. So what about your situation? What about bringing this home to you? What about your situation of, of fear? Maybe you're trying to parent kids who will not listen or deal with a, a blended family situation. You could live in fear at your job, at your workplace, where there's a boss who sort of has a target out on your back. Whatever it is, it's, it's causing fear. And God is telling you that it's time to walk in a faith that fights this enemy of fear. Now, I'm not telling you go and fight your boss, you know, pick him out in the parking lot and say, hey, we're gonna, we're gonna bring this outside. Now, I'm talking about the other things that you cannot see because there are things in your boss's life, take that for an example, or maybe your children's life. You know, the enemy likes to deal with other people and get us distracted and get us uh, walking in fear and frustration, whether it be through a boss or children or spouse or whatever. And so you don't wanna fight people you wanna fight the enemy. You wanna fight the, the you wanna fight Satan and what he's trying to do and what he's trying to frustrate in your life. And so you wanna get down on your knees and you wanna fight and you wanna live a life of faith. So God's calling you to gather the troops. Who are the troops? We are the troops. Everybody look around. It's okay, look around at each other. Look around at each other. It's okay, good, okay. All right, now here's what I want to ask you to do. I want you to turn the person on your right and your left, and I'm going to ask you this question. Will you fight with me? Ask them a question. Hopefully they answered yes. Yep, hopefully you're answering yes. Will you fight with me? Hey, listen, the people here in this room and beyond, I, mean, I know we still got a lot of people out sick and everything, but the people who are part of our church, they're the, they're the troops that God is calling you to gather. If you're going through some junk in your life, you need to call people and say, I need you to pray for me. We had some people just this week, two or three families who called to reach out. Hey, look, I need some prayer with healing in my life. I need some prayer with some parenting issue. I need some prayers at work. I need a job. We've had people, three or or four families, who just this week have reached out. Look, we need you to pray. Yes, we're praying. But listen, you can, you can call one another. And that's why it's important for everyone to connect with one another because you can ask people, look, will you pray for me? Even if you don't really know them, say, hey, my name's Frank. Could you pray for me? Pray for me about this. I got a job interview, or I got a kid at home who's like, you know, feels like he's demon possessed. You know, won't even, you know, obey or whatever. So, so you could do those things and you could call the troops And gather the army because God is telling you to do that. It's time. Go in the strength that you have, but don't just depend on that strength alone. Go ahead and gather the troops. Gather the army together. And that's exactly what Gideon does. So Gideon rounded up thousands of Jewish fighters because of what happened in verse 33. Check out verse 33 in in chapter six. Now all the Midianites... Amalekites and other Eastern peoples joined forces and crossed over the Jordan and camped in the valley of Jezreel. After Gideon rounds up a small army from his clan, he ends up with about 32,000 men. Hey, that's pretty good. Wouldn't it be great if you had 32,000 people praying for your need? That'd be awesome. So he rounds up 32,000 men to fight. Well, guess what? The Midianites, you know how many they had? A hundred and thirty-five thousand men, yeah. They're, as it said, in the Valley of Jezreel. But God tells Gideon, check this out, God tells Gideon, hey, Gideon, that's great, 32,000 men, that's awesome, you did a great job. But it's too many, excuse me, too many. Did I hear you right? Yeah. Gideon, I, I'm telling you, 32,000 men, it's too many. You would think God would say, hey, that's a great start. Go get more, because they got 135,000. You got some catching up to do, buddy. No, you got too many. You got too many there, Gideon. So, what happened? He, uh, we see this in verse uh, two through eight of chapter seven. The Lord said to Gideon, you have too many men. I cannot deliver Midian into, your, into their hands or Israel would boast against me, saying my own strength has saved me. Do you see that? God's like, look, if you got 32,000 men, people are gonna say, man, you're the underdog. Everybody roots for the underdog. This is awesome. And you guys won that battle. You guys did that. God's like, I can't deliver them into your hands, and people, uh, people will uh, say you did it with your strength. Verse, uh, verse three, now announce to the army, to your 32,000 boys, anyone who trembles with fear may turn back and leave Mount Gilead. That's where they were, so 22,000 men left while 10,000 remain, wow, that's deflating. Isn't it? Isn't that deflating? 32,000 men, you've lost 22,000 of them. Boom. Hey, if you're scared, go home to mom. They're gone. 10,000 left. So verse four, but the Lord said to Gideon, there are still too many men. Take them down to the water and I will then, I will thin them out for you there. If I say this one shall go with you, he shall go. But if I say this one shall not go with you, he shall not go. So Gideon took the men down to the water. There the Lord told him, separate those who lap the water with their tongue as a dog laps from those who kneel down to drink. So there's going to be a separation. You're going to have some men that's going to go all the way down to look at the water. It's going to lap the water like a dog. And there's going to be some who are going to kneel down maybe on one knee and they're, they have they're cupping their hands, and they're drinking the water like this because they're looking out for where the enemy's coming. And so he separates those. Three hundred of them drank from cupped hands, lapping like dogs. All the rest got down on their knees to drink. The Lord said to Gideon, with the three hundred men that lapped, I will save you and give the Midianites into your hands let all the others go home so gideon sent the rest of the israelites home but kept the 300 who took over the provisions and trumpets of the others now the camp of midian lay below him in the valley so he starts off with 32,000 men brings it down to 300 and god says all right we're ready to fight can you imagine gideon can you imagine gideon's like i i am scared Are you kidding me? I'm scared. Obviously, there's no way Gideon can can, uh, defeat an army of 135,000 with 300 men, but let me tell you what, church, that's exactly where God wanted Gideon. He wanted Gideon right there. God wanted to be a part of the battle. He wanted to prove he is God, and the only way for that to happen is to make it very obvious. And that's what he did. I firmly believe that God is making it obvious that Lake Point Church is too weak to handle this task of purchasing the land, building a park, and a phase one building by ourselves. He's got us right where he wants us, just like Gideon. We're a Gideon church. He's got us right where he wants us, the place where he could display his power and receive all the glory. And none of it goes to Lake Point Church. People from across the state of Georgia will say, God showed his power through the faith of those crazy believers at Lake Point Church. People will know we didn't do it alone. You know, bringing this home to you, you may feel tired and weak from fighting. You may feel unqualified to to fight those fears in your life. But you know what? That's a great news. Because when we are weak, then he is strong. And, and I've shared this passage that I'm gonna read in Isaiah quite a few times because I believe it's something that you and I can use every day of our life. Isaiah 40, 29 through 31, he gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Church, at home, on a personal level, if your strength is gone, then get ready for God to show his power in your situation. Because when you're weak, and you acknowledge that, and you realize, you realize Lord, I can't do this on my own. God believes something greater and he's gonna move in your life, but he moves through weakness. Not through strength. He shows forth the strength. He moves through weakness. And what I love about it is that often he will show signs that he will move in power. He will give encouraging words through through scripture, through God's word, through prayer, through other people. And he will also give encouraging words through. Dreams. Check this out. Judges chapter seven, verse nine through fourteen. So Gideon's got the three hundred men, they're ready to go. But God tells him to do something before he before the battle. During that night the Lord said to Gideon, Get up, go down against the camp. So go towards the Midianites, because I'm going to give it to you into your hands. If you are afraid to attack to attack, go down to the camp. With your servant Pura, and listen to what they are saying. Afterward, you will be encouraged to attack the camp. So he and Pura, his servant, went down to the outposts of the camp. The Midianites, the Malachites, and all the other eastern peoples had settled in the valley, thick as locusts. Their camels could no more be counted than the sand on the seashore. Getting arrived just as a man was telling a friend his dream. So he's on the outer parts of the camp. He's listening to the conversation and he hears someone say, I had a dream, he was saying. A round loaf of barley bread came tumbling into the Midianite camp. It struck the tent with such force that the tent overturned and collapsed. It's kind of a weird dream. But his friend responded, this can be nothing other than the sword of Gideon, son of Joash, the Israelite. God has given the Midianites and the whole camp into his hands. So they don't know how many men Gideon has. They don't know that Gideon has whittled down his army from 32,000 to 300. They don't know that. All they know is they have heard about Gideon. This man, Gideon, where did this guy come from? Gideon and his mighty men. For all they knew, there were 300,000 of them. But it was only 300. But God put the spirit of fear into the camp of the Midianites. You know, can you imagine Gideon? He's, he's a fearful man. And he's wondering, okay, how how am I gonna do this? So he goes down the edge of the camp and he hears that and he's like, they're afraid of us. I can't believe it. I mean, the first tent I come to and they're talking about how they're afraid of us. That's spreading throughout the Midian camp. Man, this is awesome. I'm going back. That encouraged him. That filled him with great courage. Can you imagine? So God will speak through dreams. Do you, do, you know that, do you know that God, God has, as, as God has given, put this vision on, on the pastor of this church? Just, just take Frank Bennett out of this. Just a position of pastor. You know, God, God first gives the, the vision of, of what we're doing, and it happened this summer. And then from there, that vision just trickled down to the other parts of our leadership, our elders and our staff, and, and, and obviously to our church and so I love the fact that you're carrying this vision with me because, y'all, this vision is very, very heavy. And there are times I, I, I go throughout my days and I'm like, this is nuts. This is crazy. What are we doing? We, we, we can't do this. And that's when God speaks your dreams. This past week, um, our kids go to Excel Christian Academy. They're in Cartersville. Obviously, they're moving here and Excel Christian Academy, um, one, uh, last Thursday, I had to go pick up the kids because Suzanne left it for work and visited somebody in our church who was sick. So I was like, you know, I'll go pick up the kids. I never really, rarely go pick them up. It just kind of works out for Suzanne to do that. So I left work and went over there, and I was in the lobby waiting to pick up the kids for the Bennett kids to come running around the corner. And, and so there's this lady who's this parent who we've seen at, at basketball games and we've talked to her before and I, I just can't re- recall her name. Anyway, but, so I don't really know her that well, but she, she saw me in the lobby. She goes, Pastor Frank, I'm so glad you're here today. I was like, all right. And so she, she says, I have something for you. And so she begins to tell me there in the lobby. She goes, I had a dream last night and this dream was about your property. Now, she's, she's never attended our church. She's never even been on the property. And she tells me, I had this dream, and it was so real, and it was so detailed. I was on the property, and I, I saw this park there and these gardens, and I even, in my dream, walked on this, this path that was going through the woods. And then I saw a building, and she began to describe it in detail. And I was like, oh my gosh. So she, she began telling me about what this is gonna look like. And I was really jealous. And I'm like, God, come on. You can tell me that? And then I asked her, well, in the dream, did did someone tell you how we pay for it? (laughs) So she begins to describe in detail all about this property and, and that building and even future buildings. So I walked away going, you know, God, you didn't have to do that, but you did. You really encouraged me today. No, that was just a few days ago. I just happened to walk into the school the day after her dream. And she said, I never remember dreams. This is, it's crazy. She's gonna draw pictures of what it looks like. You know? But it's, it's just amazing. And so here's what happened. I, I picked up the kids and we brought them to the office and I went down, was, like I said, it was Thursday and so I was kind of brushing on my sermon I was reading through Gideon and right where I left off, before I picked up the kids, I, I continued. And you know what I read? And I forgot this in the story about Gideon going down to the camp to hear about the dream. And God's like, there you go. And I was like, yeah, there you go, God. That's pretty amazing. And so God will speak to you. You know, what area, what area in your life, what area in your life that you dream about like, when it comes to your children, what dreams do you have for your children? What, is your, what dreams do you have for your marriage? What vision do you have for that? What vision do you have that you could do with your finances? What, what dreams do you have? I want to encourage you to go visit those and be encouraged by that. Revisit those dreams and be encouraged by that and know that God wants to encourage you as you continue in this walk. Because listen, we all have fears. We all have fears of of other thoughts and other people coming into our territory and our heart and our mind and messing things up. But just know this, God wants to help you with that. God wants you to have a faith that fights through That And fights for those dreams. So, like Gideon, that encouragement will help you in the battle and for you to live a faith that fights. So what did that battle look like for Gideon? So with 300 men, Gideon approached the army in the middle of the night with torches hidden inside clay pots in one hand and the trumpet in the other. So everybody had a trumpet. And on Gideon's cue, the small army of 300 crashed the clay pots to reveal the torches. They all blew the trumpets while the army of Midian awoke with confusion. And while, why were they confused? Because they were sure they had more than 300 men. And they're sure that it was an army of thousands upon thousands upon thousands surrounding them. And in their confusion, the Midian army killed thousands of men inside their own camp in the dark of night, not realizing they were killing one another. God brought victory to Gideon and to Israel. And God will bring victory to Lake Point Church. How do I know that? He's already confirmed in so many different ways. It was several weeks ago, uh, maybe even several months ago. That I was riding in my car, and just just the number seven 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 kept coming in through my day. I mean, I know that it's kind of a popular number, I guess, but I mean, I don't really think of numbers too much. I don't even remember, you know. I mean, I only have like four phone numbers memorized in my head, so there's not many. I'm not a numbers guy, and so I kept riding, and all day this number seven 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 just kept coming in my head, and say, like, "Okay, Lord, what is this about?" You know, and it was that time in, in um, the season of our church when we uh, we were pursuing with the um, with you know the early parts of the campaign. We felt like God was telling us, "Look, there needs to be about three hundred seats in that in that facility, okay, just to start off with. Eventually, there's going to be uh, you know down the road other parts of this facility is going to have more seats, but we just wanted to start with three hundred seats, okay? And so we felt like God was telling us that, and so on this day, God God was. Uh, put this number 777 in my head and I just couldn't get over it. I was like, "Okay, Lord, what are you trying to tell me with this?" So God's like, "I want you to go look that up in the Bible." I was like, "777? Is that the Bible?" So what he was telling me is this. Go to the 7th book, the 7th chapter, and the 7th verse. You know what that says? Let's read it together. The Lord said to Gideon, with the 300 men that lapped, I will save you and give the Midianites into your hands. Let all the others go home. What God is telling me was this. And again, we had 300 already picked out the number of chairs we're gonna need at Lake Point Church. God saved the nation of Israel with 300 How many chairs are we putting in the building? 300 of them. Now that's pretty cool, bringing this to a personal level. Your fears will die away in complete confusion when you simply obey God and do the crazy thing. Your faith almost has to be crazy. Y'all have to have a crazy faith to fight. So what crazy thing is God asking you to do? What crazy thing is God asking you to do? What crazy thing is God saying, look, I want you to do these things, and I want you to trust in me, and I want you to believe. I just want you to believe, and then go fight with that belief, with that faith. So Gideon had a strategy. And that strategy, he divided the men up into 100s, and so there were three groups, and he fought that battle, the God's power. We have a strategy. Here's a strategy right here. Everything's right here. We're praying. We're believing. We're believing in God to deliver. But what strategy does God have for you in your life? In what area he wants he wants to use you through. So we, we have a $3 million battle to be won. A $3 million battle to be won. And a funding plan from the, from the minds of, of human, it's, it's out of reach, it's out of reach. But so was Gideon fighting 135,000. But God was clear, God spoke. I share with you how God was speaking to me and our church. God is telling us, look, I just want you to believe. What do you believe, Lake Point Church? What do you believe? Can you stand and say, this, I believe. I believe. I believe in God the Father. I believe in Christ the Son. I believe in the Holy Spirit. I believe in the Trinity, three in one. I believe in all these things and I believe God will do great things through our little 300 seats.